If you can get that done, it's not going to take up your mind space the rest of the day. If you don't get it done, it's going to be in your head all day long. I've got to get that done. I've got to get that done. I've got to get that done. And that keeps you from being productive and everything else. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello, Jeremy. And today we have professional organizer Anne Bloomer from Solutions for You. Say hi, Anne. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? Great. Great. So who are you? What do you do? I am a certified professional organizer, and I help individuals and families to declutter, downsize, and develop organizing skills. And I also run a training program for individuals who want to start their professional organizing business, and that's the Institute for Professional Organizers. Ooh, that's interesting. Tell us more about that. So the Institute of Professional Organizers, what is it, and why did you start it? Sure. So it's an education, hands-on learning for individuals who do want to start their own professional organizing business. And I started it in 2004. And that was just like a year and a half after I had started my own organizing business. And I was on the board of directors for the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. And That's I was a there. mouthful. I know. Yeah. And they just changed it. It used to be something else. And I had to relearn that whole new acronym. Oh, geez. So it's NAPO. That's the easy way to say it. So I was the membership director for the Oregon chapter of NAPO. And I was watching people coming into the chapter and going out of the chapter and not being successful with their businesses. And so I was curious because that's kind of my nature. And so I talked to a couple of them about why their business wasn't successful. And there were two reasons. The first was they had never run a business before. They'd never worked for a business. They hadn't worked in like corporate America and learned the different parts of a business. So they were basically giving their time away because they didn't know how to manage themselves or their business. And the other reason was they could organize themselves, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't organize others. They didn't have a process. So they would go in and organize, but they didn't really teach their clients how to stay organized. So I thought to myself, I know how to do both of those things. Wow. And I could teach that. So I talked to another professional organizer who was, she was the president of the chapter at that time, Carol, and she and I started the Organizing Academy. So the biggest problems that you saw were people don't know how to run a business because some people are really, really good at what they do, but they have no business running a business. Right. And just the fact that they could do it for themselves, but where do I start with others? It's almost like decision paralysis or something like that. So we run into a lot of people who are struggling with the business Mm -hmm. aspects of their business. Sure. Not just marketing and stuff, but a lot of times they may actually be good at the marketing and sales side, but be really bad at everything else. Right. They leave themselves open to liability, problems, bookkeeping, taxes, Mm -hmm. all of these things that could come back to haunt them later. Right. Right. Did you find that it was maybe like a lack of process and structure was kind of the biggest problem or was it more problems with them having counting and taxes and all those kind of paperwork type side of the business or? It was a combination of that. Okay. They didn't have any processes in place and they didn't like doing a lot of those things. 
They didn't like invoicing their clients. They didn't like forecasting what their receivables were going to be and have a goal for how they were going to achieve that. They were just kind of going along and waiting for business to come to them and happy when it did and then not being accountable for it and invoicing. So it was that. And they also didn't know how to market. They didn't know how to set up a website. And then if they did have the foresight to do that, they would try to do it themselves and they weren't good at it. Right. Yeah. That is something that we do see all the time. Yeah. A company that does web design. I've seen the worst websites in the world. (laughs) And I've seen, you know, some pretty good attempts by people and stuff. But there's definitely some rules that we follow when we make websites. Right. There are a lot of things that people don't take into account that you would never know having not been doing web design for a long time. Sure. One of those is kind of like before we actually started recording today, we were talking about security a little bit. Right. Because Jeremy and I gave a presentation on on website cybersecurity at the Uh Oil Business Association yesterday. You know, we were talking about passwords and things like that. People may have no idea how to secure their website. They probably don't know that they need to update it regularly if they're using something like WordPress and they have plugins and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of things that can go wrong. Right. And a little bit of knowledge in those things can go a long way. Yes, yes. And I think for us to try to be everything in our business is not the best approach to take. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) like I can do my taxes. I have done them before, but... I want to make sure they're done correctly because I've never done business tax filings. So I have an accountant who does that. I hate running payroll. I've done it through QuickBooks and I hated it because I would do it quarterly and it was like a learning curve all over again. And so it wasn't fun. So now I have somebody doing my payroll. My husband did our website for the first 17, well, I'm in the 17th year. So the first 16 years he did the website. He's not a webmaster, but he learned how to do websites. And I think we had a really decent website, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to do things differently on the website and that required going to WordPress. And he said, I can do that, but I don't have the time. So we hired a webmaster. And it was probably the smartest decision I've made. And I feel sorry for my husband who did all this work for me all those years when I really should have had a webmaster doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's so much better. And I'm hiring people all the time now. I hired a marketing person just recently to do some marketing for me. So I think it's really important that you recognize that you can't do everything in your business, that you have a superpower. My superpower is organizing other people. And the other areas are not my superpowers. And so it's really helpful to hire other people where that is their superpower. Along that same line, just to keep using the web design analogy, just as something I know, right? People will come to us and be like, man, I struggled to fix this thing. It took me 10 hours or something to like figure out how to change this one setting to get it to work properly or whatever. And I'm like, that takes like 45 seconds for me to do. It takes me longer to log into the website than it does to fix the problem. And it took yeah. them 10 hours to yeah. try and solve it. Yeah. And so another example, like a business example, is we have Carrie Bird from Elevate Accounting is doing our books. Mm-hmm. But she's doing our books all the way back to 2016 mm-hmm. because we had some problems with some bookkeeping that we had done previously. So we had to redo all our books, basically. Oh, my gosh. Now, Scott and my business partner, Scott, and I tried to redo the books ourselves And it wasn't for a lack of being able to do it. I mean, honestly, I have an associate's degree from Canada in bookkeeping. I went to school for it. Okay. But the problem was we never have time to do it because it's not high on the list. It's not a big priority because, you know, we're trying to do work and do our superpower is design and marketing side, right? So 
what we're trying to do is stick with our core business and not stray from that, like you're saying. Stick to what we know, right. stick to our core business, hire out people right. to do those things and make money at what we're good at so we can pay somebody else to do it rather than not make money while we're struggling to do it ourselves. Yes. How can you as a professional organizer come in and help a business? So we kind of talked about hire out for the things you're not good at, right? Mm -hmm. But what can you do as a professional organizer to help a small business owner or entrepreneur? Because most of our listeners are small business owners or right. you know entrepreneurs. So Professional organizers can help business owners in a variety of ways, and it really depends on what their skill set is and what they're really good at focusing on with a business owner. But it can be anything from, you know, organizing the workspace so that it's decluttered and not distracting you from your business. It can be observing how you do your business if you're really working in the office and helping you with the workflow and getting things more efficient for you. It can be going into your computer and helping you organize your files so you can find things and so they aren't all over your desktop. They can set up computer files to match your paper files if you have both so you don't have to think about what did I call it in the paper form file label versus what's the label in the computer. They can help you with time management. They can help you to be more productive. So there's just lots of things that they can help you with organizing. It's so not it's, just coming in and, and tidying things up on your desk surface. Well, right, because that's what I thought of first. I'm like, yeah, sure. come in, organize my office. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Right. Have yeah. fun. But file organization is huge. Yes. I don't know how many times in previous jobs, because our file system is actually really good digitally, I've looked for something and couldn't find it. So I end up going back and remaking whatever it was. Right. And then I save it. And then it's, you already have a copy of this. Oh, right. crap. Right. Yeah. So, well, it wasn't always good. <laughs> well, I mean, we've been doing this for 20 years, so we have some experience in that neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. But. You know, when I started working with corporations with digital file structures and stuff in the 90s, it was a mess. Like, it was terrible. Right. And the other thing was, and this is slightly off topic, but you couldn't use spaces or specific characters right. in your files right. and stuff, right? right? It's not like now where you just pretty yes. much name it anything, right? right? So, like, if somebody really had, a, like, an apostrophe in their name, that was, like, the end of the world because you couldn't put it in a file system. Right. And then some people <laughs> right. would put a space and some would put a dash and some would put an underline and nobody could find anything. And yeah. Yeah, and you're also limited to the length of what you right. called it, too, the and now length, you can just yeah. go on forever, it seems like. There is still yeah. length. I think it's 1,064 characters. Okay. <laughs> so you can save a file. I haven't exceeded that yet. Right. Save a file that's literally the entire Word document. That's yeah. the title of it. I title <laughs> stuff sometimes really long, too. Well, you've seen yeah. them. It, the presentations. How, how do you stand out in the digital marketplace when nobody buys anything? <laughs> the title's too long to remember. It, it is. I, yeah. It was a good class. I learned That's a right. lot. But the title was ridiculously long. Uh, I it think was, you do it just to see you, if you can mess How to market your business in an AI-filled world where everybody buys everything on Amazon anyway. Oh, my gosh. It's long. long. <laughs> <laughs> my presentation titles about Hook SEO. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you. I'm That's here right. all week. So you're a business owner. You're right. teaching people. Right. And I heard a rumor that you wrote a book as well. I did. So yes. tell us about the book. What's it called? Okay. It's a really long title. Hey. <laughs> so the short version of the title is Mastering the Business of Organizing. Uh -huh. But the subtitle to that is How to Plan, Launch, Manage, Grow, and Leverage a Professional a Profitable Professional Organizing Business. It's so long I can't Second even say Second edition. It. Right. Second edition. I looked it up. Yes. Yeah. 
two editions. Did you shorten the title a little bit and call it version two? No. So the first title, I wrote the first book back in 2009, and the title of the book then was Get Rich Organizing, How to Launch, Manage, and Grow a Professional Organizing Business. Wow. So it was shorter. So... I wrote it back in 2009 because that was the time when the United States had its big economic right. crash. Mm-hmm. And people would call me or email me and say, I really want to come and take your training course, but I can't afford it. Right. And I also had clients who were backing off of hiring me because they didn't have the discretionary income to spend right. on my services. So I had some time on my hands. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll just write a book. <laughs> I'm bored, going to write. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. So I had a lot of information already in my training program. So I took a lot of the information from my training program and put it into a book form. So hmm. it's not the in-depthness that you get through the training program. It's more like the 50,000-foot level of how to start the business. And so I self-published that back in 2009. And I never liked the title. And people would say to me, I don't like that, t-, especially professional organizers. They said it felt like, oh, you're just trying to make a quick buck on like organizing. Yeah. yeah, people, it doesn't feel good. But the title really came from, it was the experiences, the rich experiences of working with others and helping them go from total chaos to clarity, something they'd never been able to experience before. And so it was the richness of the experiences. And so I put that on the back of the cover so people could kind of read. It's not about this quick cash scheme getting informational book. It's It's not a get rich quick scheme. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. But I never really liked the title because it didn't feel right to me. So then I was invited to speak at the Japanese Association Life Organizers Conference in Japan in 2015, and they wanted me to do the keynote speak. And they wanted me to talk about my journey as a professional organizer and how I grew my business. So I wrote the speech and I was thinking, what do I call this? What am I going to call this keynote speech? And I really felt like I had mastered the business of organizing. And so that's why I called it and gave the keynote speech. And afterwards, I said to my husband, I really wish I had titled my book that. And he said, well, it's not too late, Anne. That's right. (laughs) I was like, oh, don't say that to me. Whenever you say that to me, then I do it. Right. So... Well, in a digital world, you can yeah. update those things, yeah. right? So, But the thing that I did is I took Get Rich Organizing and I, I updated it because a lot had changed in the industry also mm-hmm. and new techniques had come out. And I had done a lot of other presentations with information that I wanted to incorporate into the book. And so I really spent a lot of time. I spent almost a whole year rewriting that book and getting it published. So you did the first keynote speech back in 2015. Right. Do you still speak? Do you still do speaking engagements? I do. So my first keynote speech was actually for the Association of Productivity and Decluttering Organizers, APTO, in the UK. Okay. In 2014, I think it was. Wow. And then I went to Japan in 2015 and... 2018, I went to the Professional Organizers of Canada conference and spoke there. Wow. Nice. So if I want to travel the world, (laughs) I need to uh, learn how to speak in public. That's true. Well, you're getting pretty good at it. 
I got a lot of compliments this morning from Wake Up Hillsboro. I should mention that when we were talking about those long presentation names, that the presentation that I did, the, the title was based off of a digital marketer speech title by Ryan Dice. I don't want somebody to come out and be like, that's not your title. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same, but it's really close. Mine was a different topic with the same idea. But anyway, talking about your book. And again, I mean, it's a little slightly off topic, but how did you find the process of self-publishing? I mean, I know it's come a long way since then, but I mean, you right. still have to do a lot of work. You do have to do a lot of work. So I, both times I self-published with Lulu Publishing. Okay. And the first time I did the process myself. So I had to figure out how to upload the content, how to format it, mm-hmm. how to design the book cover, and no editing. And it was painful. And I'm not really a writer. Right. I don't really enjoy the writing process. There are people who really love to write, and I don't enjoy... Yeah, I love writing. I yeah. write like a machine. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy it, but not like I think passionate writers really right. enjoy it. So the second time I decided... I, Lulu had really come a long way since then also in what they could offer a writer. And so they have packages. Right. Packages are awesome. So I picked a package and there was somebody who basically was my project manager of my book. And so she kept everything flowing and I didn't have to manage that myself. And I like that a lot more because I didn't know what to do next. Right. It's like I did one thing the first time and I didn't know what the next step was. And so having a project manager really helped. I really liked that. Yeah. When I wrote The second book that I wrote after I was finished, I went back and wrote down all of the steps it took to get it across the finish line. And then when we wrote Carrie's book, we were able to go back. That's my wife, Carrie's book, which is coming out on July 31st. It's called Barking Up the Right Tree. It's about growing your dog grooming business. Right. But anyway, so I have now a template that we have in our company's project management system that you can just hit it and say book launch. And it gives you the 90 days before you have to launch your book, every step that you need to do. So it's make cover, put cover in, put it in an Amazon, finish the last edit, like all this kind of stuff and some of the promotional stuff that you need to do. And that sounds like a book in itself. Yeah, it may be one day, but <laughs> maybe. But we, it's pretty tight deadline stuff. We don't stretch things out. Like I'm like, if we're gonna do it, we're just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So it's my fair. last book, I wrote the first two chapters, and then six months later, I hadn't touched it, and I finished the book and launched it in less than 100 days. Okay. So, when we finally get around to doing it, we're like, all right, it's yes, time to pull the trigger. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, self publishing. Lulu is a great service. We um, looked at a lot of services. Uh-huh. And in the end, I mean, we already have graphic design and we already edit and write content and we do all these things already. So right. I didn't need some. I mean, we even have a project manager already, right? right? So that wasn't that big of a thing for us. But for somebody who has doesn't have a marketing agency behind right. them, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's, it's helpful to have, especially an editor. Yes. Yes. And I did hire an editor this time. How'd you find the editing process was for you? Not to spend the whole podcast talking about books, but we'll get Uh, back to organizing in a minute. It was helpful. She didn't make as many changes as I thought she was going to make. Right. And what I was a little frustrated about was that when I printed the book and I looked at it, this always happens. I open it up and right there on that page, there's a mistake. Right. Mm And so it was frustrating that I felt like the editor should have caught everything. But they say that there could be like a 10% that they're not going to catch. That's 
About right. Yeah. 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 So. so my first book, we didn't use a professional editor and we had three people read it through. And there is still at least after it was published, I found at least 20 more mistakes that hadn't been caught. And there's still got to be 20 in it that I haven't caught yet. But my last book was pretty good. I've only found one typo in it. But it was a third of the length, so it was only 100 pages. Right. And it was 100 pages, and we did four edits on that 100 pages. So wow. we were able to catch most stuff. Right. Plus, software has come a long way. Right. You know, if you use, like, combination of Microsoft Word and Grammarly, yes. I also like to paste the chapters into Gmail, which is a good trick. Oh. Because it has... It's a different grammar checker than you get in Word or Write, so it's, okay. a, it's a different software. Okay. So it'll give you suggestions. Yeah. So you don't want to use Notepad to write all your stuff? Well, Notepad won't tell you if you spelled something wrong. Right. I trust myself. <laughs> I trust my spelling. <laughs> I are have the good English. Right. So let's get back to organizing. Okay. So if you're a business owner, I know I need to be better organized. I know I need to do something like that. What is, like, one thing that I can do, even if it's just like one thing every day or just mm. one thing that I can do to help start that process? I love that question. So I do this workshop presentation for organizations and it's called finding the time to get everything done. Basically, you can put in whatever word you want to in there. Right. I've, I've used some colorful words for everything. So there's like seven habits that will return several hours to your day is what I talk about. But my number one and I did this to the Win organization right. that I belong to also. And all the women there were just like, oh, my gosh. Win is women in networking. Right, right. So that is don't check your email for the first 96 minutes of your workday. 96. That's oddly specific. Why that's 96 and not 90? So there's the Pareto principle, which mm -hmm. says that you derive 80% of your results from 20% of your time. Mm-hmm. So if you take 20% of an eight-hour day, that's 96 minutes. So what you want to do is focus those 96 minutes on what you must get done that day, what's critical for you to get done that day, which you decide the day before what that's going to be. Uh, so you don't have to come in and think about what's the most critical thing I need to be doing today. You've right. already determined that the day before, and you just shut off everything, phones, electronics, email, and you just focus on that one thing that you need to get done. Because if you can get that done, it's not going to take up your mind space the rest of the day. If you don't get it done, it's going to be in your head all day long. I've got to get that done. I've yeah. got to get that done. I've got to get that done. And that keeps you from being productive and everything else. Absolutely. And you know that similarly, I've kind of developed something like that for myself, especially when I have to do content writing and stuff like mm -hmm. that, because it's a very creative workspace. Right. You don't want to have your client problems in your head when you're trying to write an email or something, you know, not an email, sorry, but writing like an article or a newsletter or something. You don't want to have somebody's website issue or compliance issue in your head while you're trying to write about something, you know, positive. Right. So, right. yeah, I for sure, I set aside that time in the calendar. I heard, I think it was Garrett Keller from his book, The One Thing. Yes. I don't know if it's him who came up with the idea, but they say like blocking that time out for creative tasks is mm -hmm. like putting a rock in a stream and all the other work will flow around it. Oh, right. So once you I set it there, that. yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then when you look the night before at your calendar to say, okay, I have to write tomorrow's newsletter tomorrow, then you have all of the time to think about it. Plus your brain can crunch the numbers a little bit while you're sleeping and you get up in the morning. And I do still look at my email in the morning. But what I do is I scan it to go, is there a fire I have to immediately put out? Mm -hmm. And if the answer to that question is yes, then I do that. If it's no, then I don't read any of the rest of it. All I'm doing is scanning for like help my website's infected or something, right? right? Or something that's an emergency, right? But other than that, yeah, put it away and then write those creative tasks. I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. Also, um, kind of along that same lines, do you have any other books or anything that you've written or, or read, I guess, either way? that kind of are in that same genre of like, I mean, there's like in the real estate world, there's like win by noon, right, right. you know, and there's like Gary Keller's one thing, right. And then there's, uh, what was the one about habits? I can't remember. Stephen Covey. Yeah. Stephen yeah. Covey's book. Um, David Allen. Atomic Habits. That's what it was, right? Seven or Habits. Seven, seven Habits, habits. For, seven habits yeah. for Highly Effective People. Right, right. My favorite book is by Brian Tracy and it's called Eat That Frog, I think. Mm. And it's about time management. Right. And that's basically this principle also. You want to take care of that ugly frog, your ugliest frog, first thing in the day. So that was one of my favorite ones. It's really easy to read. Lots of great, useful information in there that you can apply real quickly. Another thing that we try to do a lot and... It's not always easy because sometimes, I mean, for different industries, you have different amounts of tasks that you have to do. Right. But we try to stick to that three things. What are the three most important things I need to get done today? Yes. And everything else needs to be put aside unless it's an absolute emergency. And I don't know if like you've seen any other studies and stuff on kind of on, I'm sure you've seen some on distractions and stuff like that, right? But (laughs) one of the things that I recently read was that When you get notifications on your phone or your email, especially if it's work related, your body immediately starts to like kind of trip off that emergency response Ah, system to say, oh, there's something. It's like your body can't tell the difference between an email from your boss and like your cave is on fire. You know, like it's the same kind of response, right? You still live in a cave? Well, you know, I mean, from from evolutionarily speaking, right? Just clarifying. Yeah. So your brain can't tell the difference between a notification that something's happening. And so if you turn off all those notifications, like you're saying, right, then you can actually concentrate and be calm and be relaxed and do your best work. Well, uh, the other mistake people make is they try to multitask. Right. (laughs) And it's proven that it can take the brain four times longer to recognize and process each thing you're working on and when you switch back and forth. So it's taking you longer because your brain has to refocus. And so I've also heard that if you get interrupted, it can take you up to 20 minutes to get back to the flow that you were in before you got interrupted. Right. Task switching, I think, is what the modern term is for that. It's task switching. Task switching. Yeah. People are going, when you're switching tasks, it takes you 15. Some people say 15. Some people say 20. Right. How much time it takes for you to get back into kind of the optimal ability to do that task. And that's another thing that Jeremy and I have been talking about and Scott at work for us Uh is trying to get our employees doing things in blocks. Yes. And block, ourselves. Block your right? life activities ourselves together. Ourselves is the hard part. Yeah. It's well, so hard. Blocking out you your know? time, too. I hear often from people, you know, and I make lists of everything I need to do, and I'm still not getting anything done. And I'm like, well, the list isn't telling you to do anything. 
It's just a list. You need to put it into your time, you know, into your calendar, into your day. And that's going to tell you, it's going to prompt you to take action. The list isn't going to prompt you to take action. So it's like you say, do those three things, but have a list. And from that list, you plug those into your calendar right. based on priority. Schedule everything. Schedule time everything. Blocking. Yeah. And, and along that kind of same lines too is notifications on your phone, right, mm-hmm. are terrible, honestly. Mm-hmm. I have 90% of mine turned off. And that's only because there's some things I need to know for my job, which I need. If somebody goes on one of our advertisements, we're running for a client and says, if you guys, blah, 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 I need to know that. Right. So I can go clean that up. But most people's notifications, they're just constant. Honestly, I was looking at some phone records for a phone system that we have. And one of the clients had 3,000 and something text messages in 30 days. I'm like, how do you get anything done? Like with 100 messages a day, right? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I looked at my phone records to see how many texts that I've received in the last 30 days. It was like 100. Right. So don't look at don't look at company chat, though. Right. That's that's a higher number. Well, and the other thing is that we in our personal inside our company, we have our own secure chat system. So we don't have to use like Facebook or something. Right. And we took one of our chat channels and changed the name of it to water cooler. So if it's not work related, it goes in the water cooler Ah. channel. So we know we don't have to read it because it's not important. We can read it later. That's smart. Yeah. And that saved a lot of time, I think. It also makes people think about what they're typing in. Right. Where normally they'd be like, hey, did you see that crap on Facebook this morning? (laughs) And you know, I got to put it in the water, you know, water cooler channel. Uh, Cat videos are amazing. Just throwing that out there. So professional organizing, it's something that it should be done, right? It's just a matter of, you know, to what extent. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you and get started or find your book or anything like that, how would they go about doing that? What's the best step for them to take to be able to find you? So the best step is to go to my website, which is solutionsforyou.com, and that's F-O-R-Y-O-U. And from there, you can find under the About page my book. And also, if you're interested in learning about the Institute for Professional Organizers and my training program, there's a link or a page that says For Organizers. Yeah, and we'll put it in the show notes, too. Yeah. Brilliant. That's the best way. So get on your website. Yes. Contact you there. Get on my website. And get organized. Get organized. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us today. And it was great talking to you and getting to know you. Thanks, Anne. Thanks. Thank you. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marka. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we talk with Lauren Gauthier about going all in with your personal brand. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.